welcome to another issue. Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This episode is about sorting cards then and now. Some of the experiences I had when I had my own cards and or picked up collections back in the day or even now, I'll occasionally get a, a group of cards from an estate sale or uh, win an auction lot. It's just fun to go through the cards, but how do you sort them? There's some wrong ways and probably more than one right way. So we'll talk about that today. First, our thank yous to our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC, Burbank, Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Colorado, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as the fine companies of Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. So if you are finding yourself with a group of miscellaneous cards, it might be a collection from somebody. Uh, actually, it's nice if it's a collection and not some some uh, messed up group. I find that if you're bidding on or trying to sell or trying to buy a a large group of cards, if they're unsorted, they're they're worth less. They're not worthless. Sometimes they are worth less, but they're worth less than if they are sorted. It's you, you've got to factor in the labor. So it may seem like a bargain, but if it's going to take a long time, just to even figure out what you have. So I've actually, uh, a year ago, I won a lot in an auction just because I wanted to go through some newer cards. And if there's some good cards in there, when in the lack of sorting, sometimes that means uh, uh, somebody bought the cards and didn't fully organize them. So sometimes there's some good stuff in there, but more often than not, uh, there's not. So if it's not sorted, that's not always good news. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to find some gems in there. It may mean that they picked out the gems and everything that's left over is is uh, not not great. So there's so many sets right now. It's hard to even break it into the sets. Um, when back in the day, it was a lot simpler. There were so many so few sets comparatively. Uh, when I got my dad's cards, he had some Gaudis and some Playballs and a couple other things, but the the Gaudis were in numerical order. Now this is 19 Christmas of 1959 as I've told you so I didn't I didn't know to look for card number 144 in the Gaudi set but when I did eventually you know it was Babe Ruth and he had a Babe Ruth which was really cool I mean knew enough about baseball to know hey that's that's a great card but his cards were in numerical order that was that was that was good the when when they're even in the 50s you you would generally expect to put the cards in numerical order if you bought a collection from somebody in your neighborhood. Uh, if they weren't already in numerical order, that's the way the card shows in the in the uh, in the seventies uh, sold cards. You'd you'd look for the numbers that you needed on your want list. There might be a separate showcase or album for the better players, but even that was not a sure thing back in the in the pre price guide days. Uh, but nowadays, if you got a big Vat of cards. Uh, I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm probably talking about thousands. And you can easily find lots that are huge lots because there are some overproduced years. But even if it's cards from the 2000s that aren't that are that are available and they're cards that somebody doesn't want, you might there, you might approach the sorting in several different ways. I'm going to propose a way that you can consider for the next time you have a card. What kind of what I would do or what I have done. But many of you perhaps don't even sort. You just get the cards and you say uh, something's either like a common or it's a little bit better and you throw it into a 25 cent box, which is what you'll see at some of the shows or, or a dollar box. And generally a dollar box, if you look through there, you'll find some cards that are worth a lot more than a dollar to you, but it's not worth the sorting for the, for the seller. And 
you know, if you take a whole bunch, you you generally can get it less than a dollar. But not if you just pick out one or two cards and say, "Hey, we make me a deal." Uh, generally, those are those are cards that uh, again, if it's in the dollar box, you expect it to be worth more than a dollar, twenty five cent box. And if it's definitely worth more than a dollar, sometimes people uh, set them aside and stick a stick a penny sleeve or a card saver on it to uh, indicate that it's worth a little bit more. Maybe put a price sticker on it and put that at your table or hold on to it for trading with whoever you trade with or sending it to put on marketplace or com C or eBay or any other place where you'd want to sell cards. So you need to, you just can't put things on these uh, digital venues uh, indiscriminately because you're, you're putting in labor and paying costs that, that won't work out if you're, if you're not putting something on that site that, that has a, a decent chance of selling for, for a decent price. If it's an auction, you, you need, uh, seem like you need more than one person to bid. And if it's, uh, at Beckett Marketplace, there's competition there. You need to be, uh, competitive as well as with ComC. So I, let's talk about what I would do if I pick up a hypothetical card collection that's more than what I can go through in an hour. It might say it's uh, 10,000 cards or whatever. The very first decision I've got to make or you've got to make, is it even worth sorting? It may be that it's just not great that you bought a pig and a poke and it doesn't, it's not a, not a good deal. Or you might say, Hey, there's some good cards in there. I'm going to break it up into the, you know, the commons, the 25 cent box, the dollar box. So first you've got to determine what kind of sort you want to do, uh, what you have. And that's just kind of leafing through. And again, it'd be wonderful if everything was in a miracle order by set or even in alphabetical order by player, or some semblance of order that would uh, allow you to uh, shortcut your time and not have to go through card by card with every card being different. So when I get this larger collection, I generally, if it's worth sorting, I'll look to see if I need to break it into different sports. A lot of the lots that you would see, because as cards have gotten more expensive, people focus more in their collecting. So they're, if, if they're a baseball card collector, or football or basketball or hockey, that's what they have. And, but you'll occasionally run across stuff that, where there's a, an equal amount or a significant amount of each of the sports. So generally, again, if it's worth sorting, I'll break it into the sports. And when I'm, once I've got it in the sports, and even when I'm doing that, I've found that sometimes it's easier to sort by the front of the card, and sometimes it's easier to sort by the back of the card. And what I mean by that is sometimes there's a, certainly in the 50s and 60s of tops, uh, you could you, you'd get to know the the, the background the, the back back side of the card colors or the border colors. If you were trying to sort between seventy and seventy one tops baseball, you would easily know from gray borders and black borders. But they're also you know more yellow back as opposed to more green green back. So you know anything that can help you go faster is good. So I, I generally look at that depends on the vintage of the cards whether or not the front or back color or borders will will help you. Uh, the next thing I do, generally before I even get into the more extreme sort, is I first try to figure out what I have. As I said before, is it is there are there if they're mostly commons, then I kind of want to pull out the commons and, and just not put them in the dumpster, but uh, find a, a special home for those. And there may be a, a star pile and a superstar pile, and maybe even a, a gradable pile. In fact, that's sometimes when you talk to people that buy collections, they will pay a price for the collection. And they will really be looking to get their money back pretty quickly with the glamour cards if they feel they can they can get uh, graded, uh, especially if it looks like they're going to get a good grade. Then that really uh, makes the lot worth it right there. There may be some other pretty good cards, but if they're really good cards, you set them aside, and then sorting the rest isn't even as important. So a uh, pile of commons, a pile of stars, semi-stars, and again, that's not uh, clear. It may be in the eye of the beholder. And then superstars are more high-demand 
recognized players, and then a further category of great ability. I mean, if it's something that's going to that's already valuable and would even draw more, if it's you can eyeball it, see, then I, then I would do that, and that's important. It's not wise to spend a lot of time sorting a bunch of commons when uh, you're you're not going to get much money of that. So let's say you're down to some 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 good cards. You've got the commons out or commons that are not easily saleable, and so you're sitting here with a pile of cards that you like. Okay, they're not bad. They're not necessarily great. You, you have three choices, I think. I mean, basically, I've done all three of these. The, the least one that I've done is to sort by team. And the reason is it, it can be ambig- ambiguous. If you Some of the cards have uh, sanitized uniforms without logos, so you can't easily tell at a glance what team. You also have players that you just recognize as being on that team. Uh, if they've been on the same team for 12 years and then the 13th year they're traded somewhere else, uh, you and it may not even show it on the card. They're... they're Certainly, tops cards from back in the day, where somebody had one uniform uh, you know, on the back, there was there'd be an indication somebody was traded, or there was a, or in the front it would say. But you know, again, the the cap may suggest one thing, and the and the uh, subtitle of the card as to what team would suggest another. And then you've got celebrity type cards, people in the set that don't even belong to a team, or multiplayer type cards where you've got two different guys that are from uh, two different teams, and where you put that. So. A little bit tricky on the team. I don't suggest doing that unless, although that's a very popular breaking technique because if you're really a fan of that team, that's a that's a good way to break it out. But for the run-of-the-mill cards, I, I broke some cards into teams and I just, I didn't, I mean, I found a lot of interest in a few teams and the others, not so much. So the next thing I do, and it kind of, there's there's two other things that go behind that. One is al- alphabetical. I'll, I'll sort alphabetical by the player's name. And that's uh, something I do when the cards are, let's say, pretty good, not great. They're not from uh, easily saleable sets, but they're, you know, they're Cal Ripkins. You know, presumably uh, Derek Jeter, you'd have some demand for a stack of uh, of uh, Cal Ripkins or Derek Jeters or somebody else that's got, uh, you know, Mike Trout. If you got a bunch of Mike Trout cards, even when they're base cards, uh, you might want to. Uh, some, someone may be interested. And then lastly, the most common way that I do it eventually and did it as a kid is by number. And the problem with that is well, there's, there's a couple of problems. One is that I, I I don't know about you, but those numbers are hard to see. Some of the numbers on the back are very small, and they're if they're if they're a, 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 not a, a black number, a, you know, a color number on a on a on a colorful background. I'm not colorblind at all, but if you have a gray back with a with a, a slightly darker gray uh, number that's tiny print, it's hard to see it. And then you've always got cards that are. No number, or they have a, a alphabetic, uh, uh, n- not number, but they they their their player A, like some of the 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 box cards, the the wax box cards from the from the eighties, uh, I guess. So, uh, you know, there's no one right way to do it, but I've found that uh, there are either set collectors or player collectors, and if they're set collectors, they're going to be more interested in looking at the at your cards by number. And if they're player collectors, they're going to want to see all of the uh, player that they like together. They want to look at the other players. And uh, again, if they're looking for a specific number, if it's that's not helpful, if it's not a uh, not a name player. So I hope you have fun sorting cards. As I said, you when 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 you see somebody that's uh, choosing a profession, you know they've chosen the right profession if they enjoy the drudgery of that that's involved in in that profession. And so I love cards. So sorting cards is not a headache to me. I don't want to do it all day long, but to do a little bit of sorting of cards to see see what's there and to get them organized. That's I think part of the uh, collecting instinct. Again, no perfect way to do it, no one right way to do it, but uh, uh, it's it's part of the fun of collecting for me, and I hope it is for you. 
That's the end of our episode. Any feedback, uh, email me at uh, beckettinsights at gmail.com. Thanks for your uh, listener support and supporting our sponsors. Uh, Happy to uh, answer your questions as you have them. So let me know. And again, we'll have more tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. I'll talk to you then. Bye.